Hey, good morning and welcome to the church at Nolensville. We have a few special guests with us again today, part of my beautiful family here. We have Bo Boswell, one of the leaders at our church, Justin Twido, our worship pastor, and the amazing Jay Finnell, our discipleship and connections minister. So glad you're here. Hey, take a moment and drop a comment. Let us know where you're tuning in from today. We are fired up. I'm fired up because I believe God has an incredible work for us today. And we're in a series called No Ordinary Sermon. And what we're doing is we're looking at Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And it's a real picture. It's a picture of the life that Jesus has for us. A life that's flourishing, full of purpose, full of joy, full of pleasure and mission. And Jesus, hey, he's not hiding from us where this life is found. The, the problem is we just we just don't always like Jesus' ways. And, and I'm glad that there's a wide range of people who are tuning in today to watch this. And maybe some of you have never walked into a door of a church before. Maybe it's been a really long time and you found your way online today. I just want you to know we're so glad you're here. Welcome home. But for those of you who are Christians, for those of you that are followers of Jesus, I just I want to give you a little bit of a warning. Now, these, these verses are going to feel familiar to you, but familiarity, it, it can be dangerous because it, be, it can be so familiar. We can think that we know them, that we just, we tune them out. So I don't want you to tune it out. I want you to lean in and I want you to ask God for, for fresh eyes and fresh ears to hear his word today. And we're continuing, like I said, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 13 through 16. So I invite you to get your Bible and let's all stand together out of honor of reading God's word. You're at home, go ahead and stand up. We preach from the CSB version here and every week I tell you, have a Bible, bring something to write on, bring something to write with. You know, if you take notes, your retention rate actually does go up 40 to 60%. So we, we really do, if you're new, we take God's word seriously. So let's see what Jesus says. These are his words. Verse 13, you are, Jesus says, the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that may, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Y'all can be seated. Salts of the earth, light of the world, city on a hill. This is something that Christians have been trying to do forever. And our model has always been, hey, let's get a plan. Let's formulate a strategy. We'll go get the biggest name. We'll draw the biggest crowds. We'll have mega conferences. We'll build mega churches. Even the high, let's put them up on a hill. But, but you need to know when this, this was first preached, it was preached to a ragtag group of disciples, ordinary people with no plans at all to raise money for a city on the hill campaign. These were everyday men and women who had been transformed 
transformed by the power of Jesus and we're now partnering with Jesus to change the world. And COVID-19 has changed many things, but it hasn't changed our mission. It hasn't changed our vision. And Jay, you know this. It hasn't changed our vision over the next three years. Across all of our campuses, we are praying and believing in faith that God is going to let us see 10,000 disciples who are making disciples, 500,000 gospel conversations, and 100 healthy congregations. And here's what you need to know. God is calling you to be a part of the story that he's writing here at the church at Nolansville and in Middle Tennessee. God, today I pray that you would call our hearts to yours, that we would see our purpose in this. We would find our identity and we would realize this isn't, this isn't a list of things that we have to do. This is, this is the life that we get to live. And so God, would your word not return void, convict and comfort, call us to yourself in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, there are a couple of statements that I, I want to draw your attention to right off the bat. First, we'll start with the first thing that Jesus says in verse 13. And he says, you are, what's our word? Salt. salt. You are the salt of the earth. And, and salt, it's very interesting. Salt is the most common household commodity. It's probably in every home in the world. I bet it's in your home. Is it in your homes? You got salt? You got salt? It's interesting. It cannot be destroyed by fire or time. And salt used to be referred to as white gold. Ancient economies were actually built around salt. Wars have been fought over salt. Roman soldiers used to get paid in salt. It's, it's an ordinary commodity today, but not always. See, salt, salt for, for years... It, it made the difference between life and death when fresh food wasn't available. This was the earliest and best preservative when it was rubbed into a meat. They would take salt and they would, they would rub it into meat or into fish. And when, when they would do that, it would, it would enhance the flavor. So show of hands at home, how many of y'all love a great steak? Show of hands here, love a great steak. I, I love a ribeye. And I love a ribeye cooked medium rare. Jay, how do you like your steak cooked? I, no, don't even say it because if it's wrong, I, I can't deal with it. I couldn't even deal with it. Because if you were to say at home or Jay would have said, well done, I don't know what I could have done. Because if you come to my house and you ask for your steak, well done, you're getting chicken. You don't ruin a steak. And you, you don't over season a steak. It just, it just needs a little salt. And definitely don't put any steak sauce on it. But salt, it would bring out the flavor of food. And salt would also serve as a preservative. It would stop decay. So salt in ancient times would, would keep um, meat good for a long period of time and it would bring out the best. It would bring out the flavor and it would keep things from decay. But only if the salt was salty. Look at, look at what Jesus continues to say. He says in the rest of verse 13, but... If the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. See, salt's worth comes from it being distinct. If it's not different, then it doesn't help. 
See, when we're scattered, when we're poured out, when we're the salt of the earth, when we're poured into our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our workplace, we need to be unique and different. And then there, we, we make it better. We preserve it. We, we keep things from decay, but only, only if we remain salt, only if our lives have a different makeup from the world. We can't just simply be the same as the world or, or it doesn't help. Salt has to be distinct from what it's put on to, to be able to bring out flavor or keep it from decay. So, so if we're going to bring out the best in our world, if we're going to bring out flourishing and God's best in God's plan, we have to be distinct. But listen, you need to know, being distinct does not mean just yelling about everything that's wrong in the world. That's not what being distinct means. Listen, for, for too long, Followers of Jesus have simply been known for what they're against. So we wrinkle our nose and we point our fingers and we just cry foul about all the things that we don't like. Listen, the world doesn't need more people with wrinkled noses and pointy fingers. What the world needs is more people who have been transformed by the power of Jesus being poured out into the world like salt, making it better, bringing out the best, preserving, preventing decay. So distinct doesn't mean just yelling about the things we don't like. Distinct means, distinct means being different and living differently. Being different makers in our city bringing out the best as life givers, involving ourselves to prevent decay. We have a loving but gospel-centered voice in our world and we, we're active. We bring out the best, we prevent decay and we involve ourselves in our world. We care about things like racial injustice, the sanctity of human life, women's dignity and women's right. We're poured out into the world to bring hope and to bring life and to prevent decay. So, so, we're different, we live differently. But distinct does not mean being different and living separately. See, salt, salt has to come into contact with the world in order for it to be helpful. The salt has to be used, it has to be poured out in order for it to be of any value. So our aim our aim is not just simply a Christian bubble. We got to enter in. We got to have meaningful relationships with the lost and the searching. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. He didn't say, he did not say, you're the salt of the salt shaker. We don't follow Jesus and then live removed lives from the world. We follow Jesus and we enter into the world so that others can see Jesus in us. They can hear about Jesus from us. They can respond to Jesus because we have presented the life-giving message of Jesus to them. You know, this, this is what Jesus did. He entered into a broken and hoarding, hurting world and he poured out his life and he lived it in such a way that the marginalized, the broken, the hurting, everyone were drawn to salvation in him. You know, it's interesting when you think about salt, you know, the more you taste it, the, the more you want it. The, the more salt 
you eat, the more your appetite changes and the more salt you want. In our normal diet, that's not a good thing. But for us to be the salt of the earth and for people to experience Jesus in us and through us, they're going to want more. And that's a good thing. And I, I, want, us, I want us to flip the script on what it means to be salty. <laughs> when you hear that word today, I said, man, Bo was a little salty today. That mean Bo, Bo, Bo got, got a little nasty with me. Bo's a little salty. But I want us to use it in a new way as Christians and say, hey, be salty. Look, look at someone next to you at home. Look at those around you. Say, be salty. Say, be salty. Be salty. Be salty. Let's flip the script. Drop a comment in right now. Be salty. Be the salt of the earth. Be a life giver to those who are around you. But he doesn't say just be salt. Look at what he says in verse 14. He says this, you are the what? What's the word? You are the light of the world. I love this. And what's interesting is being the light of the world doesn't mean that it's, it's your light. You don't have the strength to be your own light. Your light comes from the gospel within you. And so your light, your light is a borrowed light. It's because you have received life. You have received light from Jesus that now you're able to shine as a light into the world. And people will see your good works because, because man, God has done a good work in you. God saved you. God, God began a good work in you. And Jesus tells us, I mean, through Paul, he says, hey, he who began a good work, he's going to bring it to completion. So, so the light that we share is not our own. It's the light of Jesus through us. And here's what I want you to do, because I know some of you right now, you're thinking, okay, wait, what do I got to do? What list do I got to complete? What task do I need to be about if I'm going to be salt of the earth and light of the world? What do I got to do? Just, just breathe for a minute. Here's what I want you to do. Look, look at those two phrases. Look at them in your Bible. Look at the phrase, you're the salt of the earth, and look at the phrase, you're the light of the world. In Greek, this is an indicative. It's not an imperative. It's not a command. So Jay, Jay, let me ask you a question. How many different things in those verses are you asked to do? How many things? Zero. Zero. You're not asked to do anything. We're not told to do anything because we are told that we are something. This isn't a go and do. This is a go and be. This isn't, hey, here's a list. This is, here's your life. It's our essence. This is not what we do. This is now through Christ who we are. So just take a deep breath. This is supposed to be who we are. And for those of you who wear perfume or cologne, and for those of you that probably should wear perfume or cologne, um, perfume makers are those who make essential oils. What they do is they... They, they take a fresh flower, they take an herb, and they, they grind it. And when they grind it, it, it releases a smell, it releases the oil. And that oil, that's the essence of the plant. See, when you mash it, the essence come out. And it's, this is our essence. This is who we are. And so look at what Jesus continues to say because of who we are. Look what he says. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write this down. 
Write this down. Being salt and light isn't an option. And I say, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, wait, so what I got to do is so if I, I got to live this way, I got to try to be salt, I got to try to be light, that way I'll please God. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is that God is already pleased with you because of Jesus. God is already pleased with you. Therefore, you get to be this. God is making you to become this. Being salt and light is not an option because it's not a list of things we have to do. It's a description of who we are. And I know what some of you are thinking, man, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Okay, join the club. The Bible is full from cover to cover with people who fall short but are becoming more and more like Jesus. The Bible only references one perfect person. It's not you. It's not me. It's Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, you, you are this. Present tense right now. You are this. And Jesus, this is what he does. He, he takes your life, he takes my life, and he calls us into the future. He calls us into the destiny and the dreams that he has for us. And then we spend our life growing into that and growing into an image of Jesus. And so many people ask the question, okay, Jesus, well, well, Jesus, what do you want from me? Well, he just said, be salt, be light, be a city on a hill. Well, <laughs> Who, who gave Jesus the authority to tell me who I am? Well, the Bible says all authority has been given to Jesus. Well, who died and made him king? He did. And God raised him from the dead and he said, Jesus, you rule. You're the boss and what you say goes. And listen, this is who Jesus says you are. This isn't a list that Jesus says you have to complete. This is a life that Jesus says you get to live. And not in your own strength, but by the same power that rose Jesus from the grave that now lives in me. I'm now salt. I'm now light. I'm now a city on the hill so that others get to experience the life-giving, transforming, eternity-altering power of Jesus. And churches, it seems like they've been doing anything and everything except being salt and light. And they've been doing that because they think it's a task list they have to accomplish and not a life that we're privileged to live. I'll give you an example. A famous pastor shares the story of trying to get his kids to clean their room. Any of y'all ever ask your kids to clean your room? Kiddos have ever asked y'all to clean your room? Yeah, they do a good job keeping it clean. But if we do, and if we do, just imagine if you go say, hey, kids, clean your room. That's what they're asked to do. 45 to an hour later, they come downstairs and you're like, hey, how's that going? Hey, well, I heard what you said and, and I've memorized it. You said, go clean your room. And, and I went up there and I memorized it. In fact, and I, I called a friend FaceTime because we're quarantined and we've studied it together. And that friend actually knows what you said in the Greek. And we're actually gonna make t-shirts together that say, hey, dad said, clean your room. I may even get it tattooed right here on my shoulder. We're getting coffee mugs made. We're getting wall art made for you to put next to mom's live, laugh, love posters. We're going to do that. We're going to get bumper stickers made. We're going to get a whole Zoom conference together. We're going to study it together. Oh, no, listen. Did you ever clean your room? No, but we talked about it a lot. You see, we're not being salt and light 
because we keep thinking it's some sort of list we have to manage instead of a life we get to live. Jesus just said, this is who you are. You've been transformed by Jesus. Now I want you to be poured out wherever you go, shining as lights wherever you go. Being salt and light is not an option because it's not what we do. (laughs) It's who we are. Being salt and light is not an option. But also, being salt and light, it's not a church program. And all the busy parents said, Amen. 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 This isn't a task list. This is our our essence. And listen, Jay and I tell you this all the time. What we don't want to do is just add church activity to your life. No, what we want to do is equip you to be the church, to be salt and light in the activity of your daily life, where you live, where you work, where you play, where God has in his sovereignty already poured you out. And listen, when things get back together, Whenever that is, whenever that is, I can't wait to be together. I, I can't wait to be in this room and see this room filled up with people. Amen. Y'all, y'all excited about that? I can't wait to worship with you. But I can't wait to see our church be passionate about scattering, to be salt and light wherever you go. This isn't, this isn't a program. We don't want you always hurrying back here. Oh, we got to leave practice where my, my kids' lost teammates are and they're lost in searching parents are. We need to leave those environments and, and rush back here. No, we want to gather and be passionate about our gathering, but we want to be excited to scatter and be transcendent beyond our doors to be life givers and light bearers. I love that we get to gather, but I can't wait to see us scatter. Because Jesus said, let your light so shine before men so that they'll see your good works and glorify the Father. Let me just ask you a question. What lie have you been sold that's less than God's best for you? Have you been sold a version of Christianity that just really allows you to sit up in the cheap, seat, cheap seats of the stadiums instead of bringing your life down to the table. You sit back and watch instead of saying, God, here's who I am. Here's my life. Here's everything about me. I want to be on the field and play. Use me in this city. Use me in the nations. Use me to make a difference. God, I believe you're up to a grand adventure and I want in. What, what lie do you feel captive to? What lie might captivate or dominate your life or your thoughts? What's holding you in your clutches or entangling you and keeping you from believing that you really are a part of the story that God is writing right here? Maybe it's something that's paralyzed your actions or kept you looking back instead of looking ahead. How many of you have been held captive to something for far too long? Months, maybe even years have gone by where you have been consumed by a little g god that's stealing the life that god wants to give you and look i know i know it's uncertain times i do and there are family struggles and family problems and there are job issues and job struggles and we've had deaths of loved ones maybe there's been a loss of a dream or a loss of hope or something that you worked for and labored for and you've seen it be 
torn down. Maybe it's just an assault of sin that's feel like wrecking your life right now. And maybe perhaps the enemy really is just trying to snuff out the hope of Jesus that's in you. But listen, look right here. There's a victor and his name is Jesus. And he conquered death and he defeated the grave and he has dealt with everything that would keep us down. And he has resurrected us to a new life. And he has said, you are now this. And God has saved you to send you. God has joy and purpose for you. And for some of you that are watching right now, God still needs to save you. Like so many who are watching right now, we have experienced the life-giving, life-transforming power of Jesus. But, but today, it, it's your turn. It's your time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so why not right now respond? If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, give your life over to Jesus. Say, I don't want to be on the throne. I want you on the throne. I want to be made new. I want to be transformed. I want to belong to you. I want you to text the word today to 623-623. And we want to follow up with you. What would keep you from doing that right now? Text the word right now. You don't need to wait. Get your phone out right now in this moment and text the word today to 623-623. And what you're doing is you're communicating with us that you want to give your life to Jesus, that you want to become a follower of Jesus and step into the plans and the dreams and the destinies that he has for you. Why not do that right now? You can pray something like this. Dear God, I do believe that I am a sinner and I am separated from you. But I do believe that Jesus left heaven and came to earth and was crucified, buried, but rose again for me. And I'm asking him to save me now. Do that right now. Don't wait and text the word today to 623-623 and we will celebrate with you. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus, we have been changed by Jesus so that we can partner with Jesus in changing the world. We're life givers. We make life better. We prevent decay. And man, Jesus has changed me. He's changed me. And I want to link arms with him. I want to link arms with you and partner with Jesus to help change the world. Amen? Amen. Let's do it together.